0: What is up fam? Welcome to another episode of Bikini Things. You got your girl Laura in the home studio late night recording to bring some new content and some new podcast episodes. I want to first... Apologize before we jump right into the episode for my very froggy voice. Today, for example, I had nine calls and two posing clients. So my voice day-to-day never really gets a break so i'm excited to bring you ladies some content youtube has been going great so if you guys are on youtube if you watch youtube videos i've been putting out a lot of vlogs about my prep i have an editor that i'm working with thankfully and that's what's helped me be consistent more recently so just search laura Morche. i'll link that in the episode description and today's episode is gonna be a really great one. We're gonna talk about how to shrink our waistline with training and nutrition. So not just our core training, but our actual exercise selection as a competitor or just as an athletic female and why that will help us bring our waistline in. So this is this is something most women want. I mean, not everyone, but a lot of women want this. So this was a this was actually this is gonna be an adaptation of a Zoom call I did with my clients back at the end of May. I do at least one to two Zoom calls every single month with my clients. So if you are interested too in having a consultation call with me, chatting about coaching for lifestyle or competition, the link is in the episode description and in my Instagram bio. So let's just jump right into it, babes. So we're going to talk about first, we're going to talk about training, our exercise selection, as well as our core exercises that can shrink the waistline, and we're going to talk about nutrition as well. Let's jump right into it. But before I do that, let's state the obvious real quick. So shrinking our waistline is going to be primarily accomplished through fat loss and weight loss. However, for individuals that are actively losing body fat or for physique athletes like bodybuilders... There are other techniques and principles we can employ that will help shrink our waistline or prevent the growth of the waistline. Um, you know, you could also apply this too if you're very lean and you can see, you know, you can see the abdominal definition. This would be for you as well. There's plenty of women, especially here in Orange County, California, walking around, not bikini competitors who have very defined lean bodies. So um, so this is a topic that can apply for a lot of ladies. So let's talk about our training concepts first. So I'm not talking I'm not talking core exercises just yet, but I'm talking our strength training. And when I did the zoom call with my ladies, I put up a picture of I wish I knew this young lady's name, one of the CrossFit athletes who's, you know, near the top in the world. And no disrespect, she's just got a very boxy shape. You know, she's very square. She's got very blocky defined abs. It doesn't mean she doesn't look amazing and she's not an incredible athlete, but that's her shape. Her shape is very square. It's very straight up and down. It's not, it's not a particularly feminine look. And I put her next to a photo of Janet Laig, who is the 2020 Bikini Olympia champion, hitting one of her poses where her waist is literally half the size of her hips, the way she's standing. So immediately, and you can imagine in your mind, even if you're just listening here, the difference in their physiques and how they look. So why, why is it that these two women look so different, even though they're both athletes, even though they're at the very top of their sport in their individual pursuits? Ultimately, it's how they are training. So the biggest thing for shrinking the waistline and keeping the waistline from growing is avoiding exercises that are going to push through our waist, push through our midsection. So some examples of this would be like barbell squats, conventional deadlifts, snatches, clean and jerks, anything like that. And and so you can easily imagine those are the, a lot of the staples and a lot of the fundamentals of a CrossFit type workout. And and again, no disrespect to CrossFit. I've done it myself. I had a membership at a CrossFit gym back in 2020. But if your goal is to create an hourglass look with your body, first of all, your goal must primarily be an aesthetic goal. And so CrossFit may just not be the best fit for you. So with that in mind, how can we train in a way to build our physique, look amazing, and build the muscle tone and definition that we're looking for. So if we're, say, a bikini competitor or just a woman who's looking to create that hourglass shape, we want to avoid those exercises I just listed out. Not that you can't do them ever, but they should not be the foundation of your strength training programming over an extended period of time right? So if we're trying to train things like our glutes, we should seek out alternative movements, things like uh, our barbell hip thrust, our barbell glute bridge, hyper extensions, single leg hip thrust, um, glute kickbacks, any of any of those types of movements are going to be much more isolated. They're not going to engage the midsection the way these compound movements that I listed off did. And there's so many, there's literally so many. And then to train our upper body, Rather than maybe doing a clean and jerk, we can sit down on a bench and do a seated shoulder press or a thing, you know, movements like that, seated Arnold press, something that's not going to force your waist to get involved. If you're doing a standing shoulder press over a seated shoulder press, guess what? You're going to use your waistline a little more because you are less stable. Part of the reason why we can go heavier on a seated shoulder press is because our spine is supported and we've got more stability. So think about your training and the fundamentals of what's in your program from that perspective. Um, What I see, what I see a lot too, um, and this is more so not to not to dog male coaches or to make such a sweeping generalization, but a lot of times because nowadays coaching is so in vogue, like people, I think a lot of people think that coaching is some easy way to make a lot of money without having to work very much. But that's, that's not actually the case. If you're, a good coach and you really have a high level of knowledge of bodybuilding. So what I see a lot are just kind of random trainers and things putting together programs for bikini athletes and they're set up in a way where the program really looks like it's a program intended for a male. Like some of these glute workouts or lower body workouts I see put together for bikini competitors are things like squats, deadlifts, leg press, glute kickbacks, end of list. And that's fine. You you can get a good leg workout doing that. But are you going to build glutes? No, not necessarily. So make sure that whoever you are working with, if your goal is to create an hourglass shape, that they are familiar. They have a proven track record. And they're not just like the local bro or dude at the gym who says, oh, yeah, you want to train for a competition or you need a you need a trainer, let me help you. Do a bit of research. If you've got specific goals, you need to make sure that whoever you're working with has that specific knowledge. So let's let's shift gears and let's talk about our core exercises. So a few principles of core training for physique athletes like bikini competitors, like wellness athletes, or again, any any female male who wants to keep their waistline nice and tight. In general, we want to avoid training our obliques. And that is because the obliques sit on the outside of our waistline. And the purpose of really the movements that they initiate, they initiate spinal rotation. So imagine, you know, you're twisting side to side, or you're doing, you know, you're doing the 1950s dance move, the twist, right? Or lateral flexion. So you can imagine that person in the gym with that plate or that heavy-ass dumbbell who's just bending over side to side over and over again. That's, that's an exercise that will work your obliques. Um, that's, that's the lateral flexion of the spine right there. They sit on the outside of our waist. What we think of as our six-pack or eight-pack of abs is actually several layers of muscles And those muscles work whenever we are doing a crunch-like motion, right? So you can imagine doing a crunch, doing a leg lift. Primarily, it's the rectus abdominis that we see as the six-pack or the eight-pack. And then you've got several layers of muscles underneath that, the internal, external obliques, the transverse abdominis. And that's how that set of muscles work. So anything that's like a crunch-like movement, a leg lift, in that plane of motion, you're going to be working what you think of as your abs anything rotating twisting bending to the side you are working your obliques and the more you build them imagine they get thicker so the more you train your obliques the more you thicken them up the bigger they are gonna get and they sit on the outside of your waistline so it's just like adding like it's like when you put a waist trainer on and imagine adding layers of fabric or whatnot, or muscle tissue, since that's what we're actually talking about, to your waistline. It's not gonna make your waistline smaller. So all those twisting movements, those cable chops, um, bending over to the side with that heavy dumbbell, all of those things are only gonna make your waistline thicker. So make sure you understand the intent of the exercises you're doing in the gym. I know early on in my fitness journey, I used to do that like back 10 years ago when I was in grad school. I was a group exercise instructor before I ever got my personal training certification. And I would do that just because I saw other people doing it. A lot of times we just see people doing stuff when we're new and we're learning and we just emulate it without really thinking much about it. So I want to avoid you or I want to caution you to avoid doing that and try to understand the why behind your exercise selection. And then we also want to avoid weighted ab work that's going to cause growth in the size of the abdominal muscles and so maybe if you're a male you know um, just like your general dude going to the gym wanting to be fit or your bodybuilder competitor this may not be a big deal for you however if we are a bikini competitor or a bikini pro or an aspiring bikini pro and we need to need to keep our waistline as small as humanly possible we want to avoid anything that is going to increase the size of our waistline. Bikini is all about creating an hourglass. And that middle section of the hourglass is our tummy. The smaller your tummy, the better your shape is. If you can take an inch off your tummy, it's like you just added an inch to your glutes and an inch to your shoulders at the same time. So I hope this I hope this is sinking in. So we want to avoid the weighted ab work that's going to cause growth in the size of the abdominal muscles. And that will be things like heavy cable crunches, or doing bench sit-ups with plate on our chest, or a very heavy ab crunch machine. An ab crunch machine is fine, but you need to go ultra, ultra light. When I used to work with Kim Odo, he would say that that machine is okay, but you need to be doing a rep range of like 30 to 50, which is doable, just, you know, you're going to be sitting on that machine for a while. so. Those are those are some of the main core principles to keep in mind. And then the last thing that I do want to bring up as well is the stomach vacuum, which is my personal favorite. And that's because I um, I and I'll be really transparent and open about this. I was doing vacuums wrong for a long time before I learned how to actually correctly do them. I thought I was doing them. My breathing was not correct, however, and it took all the way until my first season as a pro in 2021 for me to truly learn them. And I um, I was working with a LPF coach. I'll include her information here. She's, um, she's based in Brazil. We did it all through WhatsApp. It was super, super helpful for me. And, you know, we went way past the basic stomach vacuum. But I learned a lot from her and so the concept of the stomach vacuum is you expel all of your air you pull your abs in and up and it creates this kind of freakish look if you've seen them if you know what i'm talking about you get it go ahead hop on my ig if you're not familiar i've got several reels in the past where i do them they're really amazing for me personally once i started doing them correctly I lost a full inch on my waistline with no dieting and no calorie deficit. I was full blown off season when I actually learned them correctly. And at that time I wasn't even doing them seven days a week. I was probably doing them consistently maybe five days a week for a few minutes and I lost a full one inch on my waistline which is already naturally on the smaller side even for a bikini competitor. So my babes, I promise you learning how to do these is worth it. If you don't know how to do them, I'm also, I teach them in my posing session. So if you ever need help with posing, you can go ahead and book with me. I'd be happy to teach you. And I did do a bit of research. So going to uh, PubMed, there are definitely some studies that indicate it strengthens and thickens the transverse abdominis, which is that deepest layer of our core that holds in our organs. So it's kind of like an inner girdle or a more modern term could be our inner waist trainer. I think vacuums are way, way better than a waist trainer because you actually are developing the core strength. You're building up the strength of your transverse abdominis, rather than relying on an external device to squeeze your stomach for you. And, and I want to do a bit more research, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence like my own personal story that shows this this exercise actually does reduce the size of the waist with consistent practice. Uh, Stephanie Buttermore did a did a YouTube video about this a while ago where she did vacuums for 30 days and she had really amazing results so I encourage all of you ladies if you're a bikini athlete especially if you're a wellness athlete or or a bodybuilder in general you should learn how to do these they're very effective they're great at learning core control lower lower abdominal strength. And, in, and while we're posing, I do want to clarify we're not vacuuming. So sometimes bikini competitors I will see get a little confused and they'll try to vacuum while they're in their front pose. That's not the purpose of these. They help strengthen the lower core. They help shrink our waistline and they help build our mind muscle connection to our lower core. But we are never actually hitting a vacuum as a bikini competitor on stage. If you're you know, male bodybuilder, classic physique competitor, something like that. Knock yourself out. But for us ladies, that's that's not what we're doing on stage. So, let's shift gears and let's talk about our nutrition concepts and how we can use our nutrition to shrink our waistline as well or reduce the growth in the waistline. Um, and one little little asterisk, little caveat, I'm going to throw in there just because there's more and more getting. Shared out there online, and I'm going to be delving into that topic as well. Is if you're an enhanced athlete, if you're taking large quantities of growth hormone, this can grow your waistline. A um, lot of lot of evidence that growth hormone it increases increases the growth of all tissues, right? All cells. So things like our organs, etc., grow, and so can our waistline. Anecdotally, if you're taking Um, non-pharmaceutical grade growth hormone, you're more likely to get a little bit of a gut. So just be mindful of that. I don't really see this often in bikini, although I have seen it. I have seen athletes at the national level that you know, were clearly doing some crazy things with their protocols and had a very distended midsection the way you would see with male bodybuilders at times. So be careful of that if you're an enhanced athlete. As far as our nutrition, however, which is something we can take away for... Anyone, whether we're just trying to be fit and cute and attractive or we're trying to get on stage, compete, think about it this way. Let's think about our stomach and our GI tract. It's permeable, right? Um, So our stomach is not, but our intestines are. And so if you've ever heard of the term like leaky gut syndrome, that's where you actually have material that you're digesting permeating through your gut and entering into your bloodstream so keep in mind this is not like a completely closed loop system that we are talking about and so it has the potential to create a lot of inflammation a lot of gastric distress and a ton of bloating like if you've ever seen these crazy photos online of women extremely bloated you know like looking like they're pregnant and then a flat stomach like a day or two before or a day or two after First of all, that is not healthy. If you're having that much bloating, go see a doctor ASAP. Like that is not normal. Um, you know, it's likely indicative that you also potentially have some disordered eating habits. But even more so than that, you know, if it, well, if you did that to yourself, like post-competition or something, there are a lot of, um, you know, gut issues, overgrowth of bacteria, things like that, that can cause that. But in general, our stomach can stretch like a balloon. So we want to keep it small we wanna prevent distension. We wanna prevent, you know, an overly enlarged stomach and abdomen. So at a minimum, avoid excess overeating and especially binge eating. So this is this is a big one post-show, ladies. Or you know, sometimes this happens, cheating on a diet, we're a little bit checked out mentally maybe we're on a very intense protocol and we just can't stick with it, but you really need to avoid excessive overeating and binge eating. And also too, with something like binge eating, there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that that's what leads to leaky gut syndrome, right? Where we're binge eating and then, you know, our intestines are very inflamed. That material that our body's still breaking down enters into our bloodstream, causes all kinds of inflammation and crazy side effects. And and leaky gut isn't, technically something in the DSM um, just yet, I believe, but they're learning more and more about it. Um, The other thing we want to do too is we want to avoid drinking large volumes of water with our meals that can also cause stretching in the stomach. Outside of that, make sure you are not eating anything that you have a food sensitivity to or a food allergy. And if you don't know if you do or not, there are a lot of ways to do testing. The the mail-in kits are not the best uh, I used to recommend these personally, but I did a bit of research, and they're not super accurate, so there are other methods where you can go do like a skin prick test or a blood test. I actually did a full allergy testing panel through ever everwell, which is a um wellness clinic here in Orange County, California, Newport beach and I was super excited to see that nothing popped up as an allergy. I was convinced that. Oats or egg whites or chicken. (laughs) I developed an allergy to through all my years of bodybuilding. So if you guys want a resource like that, they can do telemedicine with anyone in 49 to 50 states. They cannot work with those in the state of New York, but every other state they can work with. So if you need help with a wellness clinic, I'd be happy to direct you to Everwell. They do great work. I send a lot of my clients there. So we definitely want to avoid those foods that we're allergic or sensitive to because that's going to create inflammation. That's going to create bloating. It's going to create swelling. And we want to avoid a highly processed diet. So a diet rich in processed or packaged foods or binge eating, like we mentioned, can cause a lot of inflammation, even lead to that leaky gut gut syndrome, which looks, looks and feels a lot like IBS or Crohn's disease to those that have it. Some other common GI inflammatory compounds or things that just really inflame our digestive system are going to be alcohol. Spicy foods, refined sugar, dairy, and acidic foods. So those things, we want to avoid those in excess. And if you're sensitive to one of those, just try to avoid it altogether. Like if you know that every time you have spicy foods, your, your digestive system is screaming at you, just cope with it. You know, try not, to, try not to be eating foods or things that you know you have a sensitivity to. Not only are physically you going to feel unwell but most likely you're going to create enough inflammation in your body that emotionally you might even feel off. Like you might disturb your mood, you might disturb your mental health or your emotional well-being. So it's really not worth it. The other things you can do to help minimize, um, the effects of leaky gut syndrome, or um, just minimize inflammation in the gut and bring the waistline in, are taking probiotics to support a healthy gut. So there's a lot of great probiotics out there. There's a lot of great digestive supplements too. I'll link some of those below. Using digestive enzymes too can be great, especially for a competitor, especially for an active individual eating a high-protein diet. It's imperative that we are digesting our food well, that we're breaking down our food, um, that there is no, you know, as, as little inflammation as possible. So the probiotics, those are the gut bacteria that actually help us break down our food. They're going to they're gonna help us along. They're going to make sure the digestion goes really nice and smooth. We're not getting extra bloated. We're not getting inflamed. And you also really want to avoid stress. Stress is a huge, huge, huge cause of inflammation in our body and especially our gut. So these are some of the things that we definitely want to consider with our nutrition. And then the last point with the nutrition that I want to touch on is try to avoid eating too close to bedtime, especially large meals or meals high in fat close to bedtime. And the visual I want you to think about is our digestive system it's a vertical column, right? If, if we're a person, we're standing upright, our digestive system, you can imagine it's the stomach, it's the intestine, follow, small intestine followed by the large intestine, right? It's a vertical column. So when we go to bed, we take that column and we flip it 90 degrees and place it horizontally. You can imagine, just think of the physics of this. The food is going to move the best through our body vertically, right? We're, we're working against gravity here, gravity just naturally pulls everything downward. And when you take that essentially, you know, a filtration column, if you will, and you place it horizontally, that food is not going to move as optimally through that vertical column. In general, eating too close to bed causes poor digestion, bloating, Um, especially with higher fat meals too, it can disrupt your sleep. So then you're losing out on good quality sleep. So think about that as well, too. Um, I struggle with this at times, especially in off season when my calories get high. There are times where I'm eating larger meals close to bed and I just never wake up feeling my best. So I've gotten better about, you know, trying to stack my calories a little earlier in the day when that comes up. So those are all the tips I have for you ladies. I hope this was helpful. This is I know this was kind of a high level glance at how to shrink our waistline and think about it this way too just like i mentioned at the beginning of the episode if we shrink our waist by an inch it's like we've just added an inch to our shoulders and glutes so if you're one of these individuals where you know genetically maybe you are an athlete or a competitor and you know genetically you've learned over time that hey i am one of these people with a thicker midsection or just i wish my waist was smaller than it currently is guess what you can still improve your shape By building out your shoulders, building out your back, creating that V taper up top, and building out your glutes on the bottom. That will improve your hourglass. That will make your waistline look smaller in comparison. So if you are not one of these genetically gifted ladies with no midsection at all, don't fret. There's still so much you can do. So I hope these tips were helpful. I hope you ladies find this episode valuable. Don't be afraid to hit me up on Instagram with any questions. You can find me at laura underscore ifbb pro or the podcast at bikini underscore things you can request a coaching consultation with me check out my youtube channel at laura um, more book a posing lesson with pretty posing and i will catch you babes in the next episode